in recognizing what brings me joy and tending to those passions and curiosities, I can see that my creativity is being rejuvenated. It's bursting with energy to create. So now that I've created these healthy habits of little things that I enjoy doing, it in turn has just heightened the curiosity and excitement to get back into a world of creating. My smile is so big lately because I feel like I'm making with such passion and with such purpose. Welcome to the Reboot Podcast. We are so glad you're here. I've always loved the oft-quoted lines from Rumi that say, when you do things from your soul, you feel a river within you, a joy. And when you do things from another place, that feeling disappears. I love these lines because they speak to how joy can be a barometer for us. David White has a few lines that say, anything that does not bring you alive is too small for you. These two also speak to this notion of how we can use our level of aliveness as a metric for what rings true in our lives. I think of these lines often when I listen to my clients talk about how work or other life mishigas consumes them to the point that they start to not recognize themselves. I hear it when they talk about burnout, and I hear it in the many litanies of being exhausted by the layers of taxing capacity the pandemic has had upon us. If it's not a business that consumes us, sometimes it can be a draining or crazy-making relationship, or a project or a mission we've put our heart into, only to realize that it was ill-placed and is no longer right for us anymore. By choosing our aliveness, we take steps away from the too small for us things that don't bring us alive. And we start to see what stepping into that river of joy is for us. In a text exchange with a good friend and fellow creative, Rachel Ryle, at the turn of the year, we were lamenting about the events in our lives at this stage of the pandemic. We were also talking about how we were grounding through it all and what we were doing to tend to our creative spirits. She said, I put together my joyful list and that prompted me to draft my own joy list right there. Ours was a conversation that I wanted to share with you all. So we bring that to you today in this podcast conversation. Rachel and I talk about what feeds us creatively, how we connect with what brings us alive, and what transpires when we orient life around that metric of joy. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Allie. How are you? I'm so good. Good. I'm so good, too. Yay. I love this. Me, too. I'm so excited to connect and talk about this. Yes. I think we should talk about joy today and creativity and creative habits. And after you and I had kind of connected via text over, over and around the holidays, you know, it kind of hit me. I was like, I, I feel like Rachel is the person to have a conversation on the podcast about this. Yeah. So um, here And we are. I love it because throughout the holidays, I have listened to your podcast as a sense of like a space of, I need to be a better person. So I'll like tune in and get some good pointers. And so, yeah, it's fun that I'm going to hear my voice on the podcast. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you need a decent introduction, though. And I have nothing prepared 
other than, uh, you know, if I had to introduce you, it would probably be one of the most creative and funny people I know. Aw, thank you. Uh, but for as long as I've been aware of you, just here in kind of the Boulder community, you've always been doing something like incredibly creative and, and very witty. And it's, <laughs> it's remarkable and um, such a delight. So maybe say a little bit about what you're doing these days and, and, and how you got into it. Yeah. Well, thank you for the compliment. First of all, I will try to be funny on this podcast. Now I have to channel my humor. I think that luckily I have just been under the idea that creativity is just always the thing that you pursue. And I get it from my parents and I'm so glad I got it from them. This confidence that creativity is really kind of this life force that you, you have to flex and you have to strengthen just as much as any other part of your being. So luckily, I think that I just started applying that from a very young age into all forms of social media. So I think you and I first met probably on like the Twitter days, I'm thinking. And it started back then when actually it started in MySpace days, but we won't go back that far. Um, but, uh, even in like Twitter days, it was kind of trying to use a social media platform and spark some kind of creative conversation or joy. Um, at the time when, um, Twitter first came out, I was witty twit. Um, speaking of the wit that I like to kind of splash into the world, um, my first like big creative endeavor was that I decided to rhyme all of my tweets for a year and I would at least do one a day. And I think that luckily when you, you know, apply creativity to different platforms in that way, it just kind of, I learned pretty early on with social media that people love, they love a story and they love coming to someone for a source of consistency with their voice. And that voice can be through rhyme. It can be through art. It can be through not always joyful things. Like people just are used to following along in someone's journey that has ongoing vibes. Seeing the results of that way back in the days of Twitter, I've applied that across everything that I've done since. And it's taken more of um, an artistic flair where that um, I really leaned into my drawing abilities and my illustrative and animative where that I taught, like I, I just went down this journey of how else I could express myself creatively throughout different platforms. And now that's transpired across all the social media sites that I have been creating on. And we all get to benefit from it. Thank you. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I've been fascinated by with the internet and even social media is, is what can you create with this? Like, how can you use this medium um, and do something kind of fun and creative or useful? And, you know, I think about that even with, you know, kind of like reboot in, in our marketing stuff. I hold marketing loosely. It's more, you know, what are our content offerings? But I share a similar kind of ethos, I guess, you know, mm -hmm. that how can we really bring something, you know, alive and authentic and delightful and 
um, something that when you encounter it, it just creates a spark for the receiver. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, making someone laugh, um, that's like the ultimate form of connection, I think. Yeah. And like making a lot of the times too, if it provokes any kind of thought in them where it takes them to any parts of their brain, I just love the idea that the time and effort and thought that we put into what we put out inevitably is, has the potential of like doing the opposite for someone like reaching in and sparking their thoughts and sparking their joys and sparking their heartbreaks and sparking whatever it sparks in them. But I love the idea that social media can be not just a, hi, I'm beautiful and I have an Evian bottle and this is how I drink it. Um, like it can be very like thought provoking and deep and meaningful. And, um, yeah, I think that that's kind of how I've approached, um, social media, which in turn has just kind of been pretty much like, I I apply that across the board in my life and, you know, how can I be thoughtful and what are the things that I can do to bring meaning to my day and to somebody else's day? And yeah, I'm, I'm happy that I've found a way to do that through, you know, the different platforms that are out there today and in daily life. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what has your attention these days? Um, so I think that last year was just, you know, this hard thing for people to get through and, with all that, um, I really was impacted mentally and it's a hard thing as a creative to be, yeah, like in a space of darkness and, and sadness because so much of creativity often comes from like places of healthier thoughts and more, more joyfulness, at least my creativity does. And so I found myself really shutting down, you know, throughout the last year of um, not finding that and that energy that I need to create with. And so um, happily, I have really done a great job at refocusing my brain, refocusing my health, refocusing my efforts and creating just a healthier um daily lifestyle that really ultimately supports my creativity to thrive. So yeah, when, when asked, you know, what it is I'm focusing on, I just feel like I'm doing a really good job focusing on like the here and now and allowing that to cultivate a healthier being that can, I don't know, just build better and bigger things in the future or even start building now, but that's what I'm focusing on now is self-care, but it's actually starting to like, I don't know, when you start to see the results of self-care, it, it's really impressive how much your life changes and how much your, your views of life change. Yeah. As I was listening to you, um, I feel like what you were doing is really putting your attention back on you. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that too. And, and, you know, so much of that isn't just, it's not something that you get to in a daily, like one day you can't be like, okay, I'm going to focus on me. 
or creatively, I'm going to focus on me. It genuinely is a assess the life that you're living and turn all directions back to a place of health for you, like choosing you across the board. And it's a lot when you kind of view your life in the all the different pockets that you have to speak to. But as soon as you recognize what it is that's filling your time and and how much of that isn't feeding you or or supporting that idea of like taking care of yourself, once you get a handle of what those things are and then just daily addressing them, you know, for me, it was as little as like drinking more water to um, taking a walk or um, being thoughtful towards like um, having conversation with somebody like a text, a call, whatnot. Like these are things that feed me. And so um, just kind of recognizing the the small things in life that make you feel back to yourself seems like a big task because it's really across the board of what you have to attend to. But it's so worth it when now at the end of the day, I genuinely feel like I've lived each day with purpose and with fulfillment and like I'm happy with where my attention went and I feel like more fed just in a daily life than drained. And I can't say that I've felt that in probably years, not even through the pandemic, but before then I've never had a a healthy balance of tending to what's important to me. Mm. Where would you find those, uh, like the drains, if you were to kind of imagine like the drains or like if you had a leaky bucket and like that attention and energy, where, where were the leaks? I feel like in my life, just giving energy to giving my energy to others, that that energy really needed to be brought back to me. And that's been a big one for me within relationships and with, within navigating, just, you know, surrounding myself. They, I was recently told that you are the sum of the five people you hang out with the most. And when I kind of assessed what that meant in my life, um, it was during like, you know, the holidays that I really was just visually thinking about that. There's five people that hold me up. And if I'm the star on the top of a Christmas tree, that top fringe of the tree that's five people strong needs to be pretty awesome and pretty strong and pretty like supportive to be able to hold on to the star that I am on top. Like they need to support my brightness and my shininess and, you know, go with whatever movement I'm about to like shake up in the world. And so there's people that um, I think finding finding the right relationships to like put your energy towards, um, at least in my book has been really helpful. Energy is a very valuable thing. And, and when you give it out and your flame isn't being lit brighter and it's being snuffed at all, or it's being blown on, (laughs) there's only so much, there's only so much your little flame can handle before you need people around you that are going to see that brightness and ignite it even brighter and push it to be like more fierce and more just brilliant. Mm -hmm. You know, like within the idea of self-care, I love myself a good martini, but 
my creativity suffers and my productivity suffers every time I lean into vices like alcohol and even like going out for like big dinners. It's kind of, it impacts my entire, you know, like afternoon of getting ready and then I'm out and about and then I'm tired until 2 p.m. And and it just feels like um, my time is becoming much more valuable to really be focused on the things that bring me joy as opposed to anything that distances me <laughs> from um, being productive and feeling purposeful and feeling my power. So that's, yeah. those, are, those have been a, the big thing for me is with mental health and then surrounding myself with the people and the voices that really push me to grow and and highlight my like like you did in the beginning of this call like the reason that you and I are good friends is every time we talk I think that we encourage each other's power and we we challenge each other to grow like as long as I've known you you've challenged me to grow so like those are the people that I think you need in your life to get to be your best self yeah um, as you were talking, I was, especially as you were talking about like the habits, right? And like where your energy goes and how, you know, how all those parts of your day uh, would affect your, your art or your creativity mm-hmm. the next day, whether it was big dinners or um, some enjoyable beverages at a bar, mm-hmm. at a cool bar, you know, uh, in the evening. Um, and it reminded me of a few artists that I track, just kind of in the, in the social verse, I guess. But a lot of them kind of adhere to this practice of creating their work, at least, you know, uh, having abstained from alcohol for, you know, like over, over 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So that what's coming out of them is, is more true or more pure. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like they are about as clear as they can be when they're sitting down to do this creative work. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like, I still, I think that there's, um, there's charm. I still go on dates with like my creativity and, uh, I still get dressed up and I'll still go and get a martini and a lot (laughs) of ideas come out in those moments. I think art dates are so great. Oh, yeah. They so are. I mean, I have at least two, if not many, many more, two handfuls full of, of what I call fairy art mothers in my life. And they Cute. are um, women um, and a few guys who, who have really uh, supported me yeah. at key moments in my, you know, fledgling art career, I will say, mm-hmm. right? As I dabble as an artist and whether it's, somebody giving me the keys to their studio space and giving me, you know, uh, a three by four canvas Mm -hmm. to just start something, um, which then sells and then allows me to get like more canvas, et cetera. Or, um, you know, another, another friend who ended up being a German tutor and then became, uh, like my art buddy. And we would take ourselves on art dates, whether it was to the art museum down in Denver or to, you know, all the art stores in Denver, or we'd have like crafty art days in her basement. Right. Cause she, you know, she had a whole setup down there and, and she'd invite me in and, and kind of gave me the space and the supplies mm-hmm. and, and it just fuels it's so, so much, 
of a sense of possibility and also um, confidence and, and, you know, just having that space to dive in and be curious mm-hmm. and explore these, these expressive impulses that you have. It's, those art dates, I think, are so, so yeah, key. Yeah, they are. And uh, it's a really, mm-hmm. it's a powerful thing. And my dad told me that, um, you know, in kindergarten, kids are asked who in here is an artist and everyone will like eagerly raise their hand like me, 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 me. And by first grade, the same question will be asked and less than half the class will confidently say I'm an artist. And I'm lucky in that I have found the very common way of creativity being artistically, you know, like through illustration and through animation, but there's creativity in so many things. And when people can confidently be supported in that and um, know that they are good, regardless of their level of, you know, ability, it can only foster better mental health because you're able to express yourself without creativity is the, you know, the flexing of the muscle of the brain and the heart. And when that gets like shunned or shut down or not allowed to be expressed, like no wonder there's, a lot of mental health problems. I feel like, at least in my journey, whenever I'm in a downtime, whenever I'm kind of like struggling, when I revert back to myself, it ultimately lands on a place of creativity and what can I create? Because every time I take my time and put it into creating something, when I'm done with it, it's the ultimate feeling of like purpose. It's like a reclaiming of our uh, of our power, um, a really, really kind of potent level because we're able to say, this is my creative agency. And, and in this case, it's quite literal, right? Like here I am, like I might feel completely down in the dumps or, you know, twisted in all different directions from some crazy relationships or, or life situations or whatever. Um, but, you know, the ability to find your way back to yourself and to do something then from that place or express from that place. I mean, for some artists, it's movement. For some, it's, it's voice. For, for, the, for the authors and writers, it's the mm-hmm. written word, right? And then there are the, what I think are the really talented folks who can draw yeah. things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but whatever that is, it's, it, there's a coming home yeah. piece to it. You're coming home to yourself and also um, such a deep form of connection, like you said, to is who you are and, and what's true for you even in that yeah. moment. Like there's no pretense, there's no posturing, there's no, I'm going to make this for something else. Like I'm just making I'm this just making thing. it. And that's like the beauty of being human beings is we are the one species that has have these innate, weird curiosities and ideas that just come to us. Like they come to me, they come to you. And in that ability to have passions and have curiosities and have wonder of how could I make that? Um, gosh, like it's such a gift to be able to, uh, to listen to that and use that and make something from those little feelings. And we were born to create. That's that's what we do as humans. We create businesses, we create families, we create art, 
we create railroad systems. Um, and yeah, like sharpening that muscle and giving it, giving it the fun play that the rest of our body like gets to have fun (laughs) in different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, so not to be intimidated by it, but just to like thrive in it is such a beautiful tool to tap into. You know, there's so many things that I could say, yes, like I'm an animator and I'm an illustrator and I'm a storyteller, but sometimes those muscles aren't on. Like sometimes they're drained or they're blocked or they're just like clouded. And so recognizing the other things that spark joy in the same way of that purpose and continually recognizing those things and putting efforts towards them, ultimately you're doing that side of the storyteller, animator, illustrator, artist side a huge favor because you're actively keeping it going, but letting them rest for like the beauty that they are um, while keeping up your curiosity and your strength of your creativity as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so much there before we kind of, uh, kind of dive into like, what are the practices that you have actively done to kind of, um, support you and keep your, you know, attention in the right place and to fuel kind of that creative hearth, we'll say, um, before we head there, I, there, there are a few things like, I just was remembering, um, the boot camp, and you came to one of our boot camps. Um, it was our second boot camp. It. You were our illustrator. So Rachel was there and she was kind of in the group, but kind of hanging out on the sidelines. And she came out with like a series of images that was basically an illustration of the weekend. Um, and I still have them somewhere I and they're them. adorable <laughs> and kind of funny, um, of course. Um, but it was so great having you there. And that was one of the first camps that uh, we tried something new and we haven't really done it since, but, um, I schlepped all these boxes of magazines up to well, where we were in winter park at devil's thumb ranch. And, um, we had one afternoon, it was kind of like a little get in touch with the magic and have a little mm-hmm. creative exercise afternoon. And, uh, we had like 15, um, participants on the floor with their tongues (laughs) sticking out in a creative focus, um, making vision boards or, or collages about, you know, what they loved about their life and what they knew to be true and, and things that they were like longing or hoping for. And, um, I just remember like looking at you from across the room and your like whole face was just lit up. (laughs) It's like, I'm smiling ear to ear right now too, because it's, that was such a amazing like one opportunity to be able to go to the, the retreat and also to be asked to be asked to be present in a way of artistically looking and hearing and taking it all in. But then also um, to be like, it was a gift to be able to be a part of it and to see the magic of the transformation that happens with people at reboot is insane to me. Like I still think about it forever. I'll think about it. And in that afternoon, it just felt like I was home. I was in that kindergarten class where like everyone says they're an artist, get on the floor and like figure (laughs) out what you want to make. So 
I really, I really loved that moment and appreciated being a part of it. It's a powerful thing. Yeah. It was so cool to see everyone just lean right in. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and it's such a rare space. Like life gets so full and so busy and so stressful and so uh, that, you know, it's, it's really easy to write off that form of practice or that outlet or those hobbies or whatever fuel us in, in kind of parallel and direct ways, you know, yeah. toward, depending on whatever we do in our, you know, day jobs. Yeah. Like, how can we carve out more space for this? And, you know, you, you mentioned something early on kind of in our conversation today about how, you know, when, when life kind of starts feeling like, um, or the world kind of feels like a dumpster fire, um, or, or you kind of lose a sense of who you are due to either whatever lack of boundaries or uh, really shitty relationships or just finding yourself in a job where you're like, oh, how did I get here? <laughs> like, like, oh man, what is this? And you kind of need to, you know, come back to find yourself. There is, um, there's this poem by David White. It's called The Sweet Darkness. And, um, you know, there are some lines in it that I think are, are kind of key. And it's, give up all the other worlds except the one to which you belong. Sometimes it takes darkness and the sweet confinement of your aloneness to learn anything or anyone that does not bring you alive is too small for you. I love it. You know, it's so true. And that's like, it speaks so much to like the energy that you put out and how powerful it is when your energy actually goes back to self because it's not selfish at all. Like I have felt, I have felt like in the last couple months, you know, I haven't had the energy to give as much as I was giving to other people in my life, but ultimately my reach for other people to fill the void that I was trying to fill wasn't their place to fill in the first place. And like recognizing that and really realizing that you're alone, being alone does not mean you're lonely. Um, like there's a lot of power in, in, in solitude of the sense of getting in, in touch and getting, you know, reconnected with what's important to you and what feeds you. Mm-hmm. I know you have a few practices that you do um, religiously, I'll say, um, that, mm-hmm. that really kind of keep you, you know, focused on, you know, what's true and right for you. Um, mm-hmm. thinking of, you know, your gratitude practice and, um, and then we were connecting over the holidays about the joyful list. Um, mm-hmm. let's dive into those and like other ways and all the ways that you kind of tend to your creativity. Yeah. The gratitude, um, list, like, that was the first, um, that was definitely the first thing that I put into practice after a bad breakup. And I just, uh, honestly, like my journal at the time was becoming angrier and angrier. Cause I was told somewhere on some Oprah show, <laughs> like you have to write things out to like appeal. And, um, So yeah, I would write down my thoughts of this heartbreak that I was going through, but then the pages became more and more like 
a crazy ransom note of like anger. Like my, my text was, you know, just chicken scratch, like just so angry. Mm -hmm. And, um, what happened was, is I was moving to New York and I was packing up my apartment and I found that journal and I was reading through it and I was like, oh my gosh, like, goodness, girl. Like, <laughs> like I was clearly just like angry. But as I was reading the pages, um, the like the words became angrier and angrier and I could hardly read my own handwriting. It was that aggressive and that dark. And I flipped the page to see the next you know, part of the drama. And the next page I had written very clearly, very pretty, very simple. In the middle of the page, I just said, I think it's time for me to start a different kind of journal, mm. period. And that was like mid journal, like halfway through that journal, I just ended it and said enough. And then I was like, whoa, I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's right. That's when I started my gratitude journal. So I found my other my happy journal and that's what it's called in the front I just wrote like this is my happy journal and I started um, writing down things that I was thankful for every day like things that were happening in my life three things different every single day and you know it's a practice that many people do but what's beautiful about it and um, what's powerful in it for me is that you know, I started that journal and serendipitously, 13 days after I started that journal, I had been daily documenting, these are the things I'm thankful for. And 13 days into it, um, I wrote down like, thank you. I'm thankful that I posted a piece of art on Instagram and all my friends liked it. And the next day, I'm thankful that... Um, all, like all these new people are, you know, seeing like are contacting me on social media or like following me on social media and reaching out. And like the next day was like, oh my gosh, I'm thankful that my art, my piece of art has over a thousand likes. And so basically in the time that I um, started pursuing art as a career and Basically, the animations and the art that I was making on Instagram kind of like sparked and they went viral. I had been recently starting to document my gratitude. And luckily, looking back, I now have day by day everything that happened through gratitude of the explosion of, you know, within seven weeks from that first piece of art that I posted just for fun on Instagram, um, I quit my day job and I opened my animation studio, and all of that is documented in this practice of giving thanks for what's present and what's ahead of, like, what's in front of you. Mm -hmm. And I really do attribute my change of heart and my change of self in this, like, stop focusing on so much of me, like, focuses on the past often, mm -hmm. And tries to fix it or tries to understand it, but, and like looks too much to the future of like, what's going to happen and how do I get there? But really being present in this moment and giving thanks. And, um, I don't know, like there's so much power in that 
that has been an ongoing practice of mine. And then recently, when we, you and I were talking over the holidays, I, December was like a really hard month with um, different, you know, um, yeah, different hardships in life. And it was just kind of the end of this year, this hard year. Mm -hmm. And I, December 31st was just like, I can't, I can't do the next year like I did this year. Like I need a different MO. I need it to feel different. Um, and so on December 31st, I just, instead of making a new year's resolution list, I just wrote down on a piece of paper at the very top, um, be joyful, mm -hmm. like full of joy, be joyful. And under it, I'm like, I just wrote, do the things that bring you joy. So there's like 20 different things on this list that, um, yeah, I made December 31st and like starting January 1st, I, I have it on my art table and now I reference it every day as though it's a to-do list of like, what should I do on this list today? Now when I, you know, mindfully address this list and I do something on it, what I have found now, you know, a month later, that every single one of my days feels like I've lived with so much more purpose, even if it's the small things on my list of writing a friend or being thoughtful to a stranger or um, recognizing, I think by recognizing what brings me joy and then purposely doing what brings me joy, big or small, mm -hmm. Um, the satisfaction and the power behind going to bed at night, feeling like I accomplished what I, my soul needed mm -hmm. <laughs> is like such a powerful, like it's, it's insanely powerful as much as the gratitude list, because you're living in a day that feels purposeful and it feels that you had intent. Honestly, the good thing for me is that like, what brings us joy, like what brings me joy and what brings you joy, there are so many small things in our lives that tick that box that they can be a part of this list and a part of this practice that like, if anything, you are just mentally checking in with your joy pockets of your brain, mm -hmm. like, and, and addressing them. Yeah. Mary Oliver has this line in her poem, I think it's from Wild Geese, so you, on, you only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. I love that. And I think that speaks to kind of this, um, this very kind of base thing about what brings us joy, right? And how mm -hmm. we know, what we know about what brings us joy. Like, it's a visceral kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. And, and everybody kind of has their own like joy barometer because we're all these unique bubbles of experience running around in the world. And, and, and we're all like driven or fueled in a certain way by, by something different. Like the world tickles us differently. Yeah. And by following those impulses um, and those delights and whatever trail that leads you down, I, I feel so strongly that that is, uh, there's so much magic in that. Mm -hmm. when we make space for it or, um, you know, orient our lives around it in a way where, you know, it's, it's front and center. And if it takes artfully creative list, even I've seen mm -hmm. yours, you know, next to our computer to remind ourselves like, no, you can choose this. 
you can go back to that place and to know that it fuels us in a different way. I think that's so important. Yeah. And like, truthfully, my, I've been pretty disconnected from my, the joy of my art for a hot pocket. Hot Mm -hmm. pocket. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, But I have, I've felt disconnected from the joy of creating my typical creations that in, like I was saying earlier, in still recognizing what brings me joy and tending to those must like tending to those passions and curiosities. Like, um, I know, and I feel, and I can see that my, my creativity, as far as my day job is being so is being rejuvenated. It's being, it's bursting with energy to create. So now that I've created these healthy habits of little things that I enjoy doing, it in turn has just heightened the curiosity and excitement to get back into a world of creating my pieces of art that I do. And yeah, like I'm gleaming from like my smile is so big lately because I feel like I'm making with such passion and with with such purpose Mm -hmm. and it's only being supported by a you know a whole picture of (laughs) self-care of Mm -hmm. like all the things that I'm doing to support that creativity um it's all working together to make sense as to why it got suffocated a little bit yeah, in many ways, you're able to bring like your full self to something. Yeah, because you're fed. You're fed in yeah. a different way. I'm calling this um, "get fed you wary." Get fed you wary, nice. Like be fed you wary. Okay, go on. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I see so many entrepreneurs, clients, etc. Like that, they they kind of arrive kind of at the sometimes at the doorstep of reboot, like, man, I'm like wiped out and I need to like get back to myself or Mm -hmm. realign with something or, or find some spark back, um, along with, you know, how do I do X, Y, and Z? But there's always this, this deeply personal piece, which is how, how is my aliveness? You know, is what I'm doing bringing me alive? I have, um, kind of a dear friend from my not, not too distant past life, who, who was kind of down, down in the dumps for a while. And, and I said to her, I was like, what, what do you love? You know, what, what is on that love list? And she was like, well, I don't know, but there's at least three things, wine, cheese, and bikes. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? It's a start. Yeah. And, And it was, it was very true for her at that moment. And I think the beauty of, you know, the joyful list or the love list, which is something that, you know, I'll I'll have clients sometimes turn to is just to reconnect with what are these things in your life that you love? Yeah. And that you get fed by. Um, Yeah. It's one of those things that it's like a working document. It, it, It can be added to and refined and you know, you might discover new things like, oh man, skydiving. That's it. I got to add that to the list. Yeah. And like in a day and age of subscribing to, you know, following, following people and subscribing to things, 
Like this is just basically subscribing to your inner joy of like, what do I, when I open up my feed of what feeds me, what do I want to see and how much did I engage with it this year? It's amazing how it takes, sometimes it can take, we can get so outside of ourselves, um, but to then like resubscribe to ourselves or recommit to ourselves. Yeah. It's such an essential move. Yeah. Yeah. And you change, like we change. Things, mm-hmm. things grow. And so, you know, I don't think I have checked in with myself uh, <laughs> for like at least, I don't even know, like a long time of genuinely a practice of like, okay, what am I about and what do I really want and how am I really going to make this happen? Mm-hmm. And that story changes. Like you said, I may like skydiving. I highly doubt it, but I <laughs> might like it next year. And so to actively have a practice, I can imagine that if I keep this up, like God, like the, the joy of living mm-hmm. is that much more readily like present and available and obvious of living a day by day, living a day that you feel served purpose of any kind. Mm-hmm. Just yesterday, in a client session, uh, they had, you know, they're going out for some time off with their main squeeze in life. And, you know, one of the guiding kind of inquiries into, you know, what, what would you like this time to be? You know, this, this vacation time, he's like, joy, like more joy. Yeah. Maya Angelou said, uh, we need joy as we need air. Yeah. It's so true. And just taking the time to recognize what are the joyful things in my life. Yeah. Like it starting there is, Mm -hmm. is powerful in itself to speak truth into, you know, ultimately what will feed you back. Because joy is powerful like that. It's a powerful feeding force of your soul. Yeah. And really, like, for me, finding that, speaking to it and nurturing it and identifying it and um, doing all the things that, I'm, you know, that cultivate a daily practice just around joy, ultimately, like I already said, it has completely supported me in my creativity on the other side that I was drained in. Like I was, Mm -hmm. I wasn't finding the life force behind waking up and wanting to create. So instead I just started focusing on anything that made me happy. And Mm -hmm. in turn, all the attention within a month's time, if not within two weeks, I realized that you know, there's still so much joy and passion behind my art, obviously, but it just needed to be supported across the board of Mm -hmm. my heart and my time and my efforts and my being fed. Mm -hmm. So it's really exciting. It's kind of like, it's pretty impressive in my heart that I feel as different as I do from a month ago. Yeah, so I can testify to that, that it's worth attempting. And if, if 
in my month, in two weeks that I had seen a result of kind of the joy in my life being really amplified, I can only like imagine what the future is going to hold if I keep this up, which I will. (laughs) Well, I look forward to uh, hearing about it. I'm so glad that we did this and, you know, really circling around these questions that you posed, you know, what are the things that bring you joy? What do you love to create? And what daily life do you want to create? Mm-hmm. They're such important questions. And I think they're just as important as feeling into all of the other emotions that come up in this human experience. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm thankful to have the friendship with you and the ability to, you know, join in on the podcast and talk about it. And I really hope that people out there, whoever it is, kind of get sparked to try this as well, because only good can come from joy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. And um, it's... um... It's been a joy. Oh, cute. It's been a joy, Allie. Thank you very much. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, head to reboot.io slash podcast to explore past and present seasons of our podcast conversations. To help more people find and enjoy the Reboot podcast, consider leaving us a review on iTunes. You can find our step-by-step guide for leaving reviews in the show notes of each episode. And don't forget to join our mailing list at reboot.io slash sign up so you'll never miss an episode. Thank you for listening. How long till my soul gets it right? Can any human being ever reach that kind of light? I call on the resting soul of Galileo. Anxiety is something that so many of our clients, and many of us here at Reboot, certainly myself included, have struggled with. Wanting to shed some light on how to free oneself from the grip of anxiety, we teamed up with Josh Roman, COO at Clarita's Mind Scientists, and Dr. Judson Brewer, who some of you may remember as a previous guest on our podcast. And with their help, we are excited to bring to you our newest self-guided email course. Over the course of five days, you'll spend some time differentiating between stress and anxiety and exploring how those work in the brain. You'll focus on the root causes of your anxiety and equip yourself to better understand how and when it shows up for you and what to do about it. We hope you'll join us for this rich learning experience so you can begin to shift out of it more easily, quickly, and harmoniously. To learn more and to sign up, head to reboot.io anxiety.